Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Feliz Navidad. Blessed Solstice. And happy holidays to you. Yes, I said it. Happy holidays. There are at least seven different holidays celebrated by people all over the world this time of year, including New Year's, which everyone goes nuts for. And we're going to celebrate every last one of them, because no matter what holiday you celebrate, a lot of you have some extra time off coming up, and some of you may have even received the Christmas miracle of three months of severance from Elon Musk. So this is a great time of year to get baked and watch some weird movies, and that's just what we're going to do. First, we've got an offbeat retelling of A Christmas Carol starring Peter Sellers, Sterling Hayden, Ben Gazzara, and Robert Shaw. That's Quint from Jaws. Made for TV in 1964 with a script by Twilight Zone's Rod Serling, it's A Carol for Another Christmas. And then if Christmas can invade October, Halloween can creep into December. So our second feature has a prehistoric ape man running amok and zapping people's brains on the Trans-Siberian Express with Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and Telly Savalas, who loves you, baby. That's for people over 50 in the audience. This movie <laughs> is a holiday tradition in my house from Spain in 1972. It's Horror Express. We're going to deck the halls with some sticky green bud right here on Old Movies for Young Stoners. Way back before JC, there was a tribe called the Maccabees, and they were ruled by the Greeks. It was against the law to be a Jew, so you know what they had to do, but they bit off more than they could chew. They took over the temple at night, and they needed to light the lights, but they only had oil for one night. That's when a miracle occurred, for eight nights that oil burned, so now I teach you how to honor. I'm gonna teach you how to light the candle. I'm gonna teach you how to light the candle. I'm gonna teach you, teach you how to light the candle. I'm gonna teach you how to light the candle. Yeah, hey. Alright, so you're gonna need a menorah. And you're gonna need some Hanukkah candles and something to light them with. Now, kids, please make sure you're with your parents when you light the Hanukkah candles and you don't light the house on fire. I lit the house on fire when I was a kid and it's not fun. And then you wanna take the shamash, that's the candle in the middle of the menorah. You want to light the other candles, whatever night it is. You want to light the amount of corresponding candles with whatever night it is. And that was Chalky the Funk Wizard teaching us how to Hanukkah. And we've got Chalky's mild-mannered alter ego right here when he's not recording funky bass jams. He is your guide on the Hollywood Punk Rock Graveyard Tour. Look it up on Instagram or Facebook. He is... Corey Sklar. Hey, everybody. Merry holidays. Happy everything. I hope your uh, Santa brings you everything you want. Now, you've got a lot of stuff coming up, and you've got a lot of stuff that just happened. Uh, you just did the Halloween uh, graveyard tours with uh, Robert Lopez, a.k.a. Elvez. So how did that I go? Did a, I did an Elvez show last night. Uh, I worked for an Elvez show. I did. I played drums in Little Drummer Boy. I, uh, I'm kind of like the gonzo to his Kermit sometimes where like I, <laughs> I, I, I help him uh, do his costume changes. You know, I'm a roadie basically for Elvis now. And um, yeah, it's the crazy. It's full in Christmas season now. Um, 
It's the Christmas Elvez shows are happening. He's on tour with me first in the Gimme Gimmies. If you have a chance to go, I highly recommend it. It's the best Christmas show. And uh, like you've got Sketchfest coming up too, right? Oh yeah, San Francisco people, come on down. Uh, Sketchfest on January 21st at Piano Fight in the Tenderloin. It's going to be amazing. And then she is an actor, voiceover artist. You can see her in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, a stoner favorite now streaming on Disney+. Plus. She is <laughs> Felina Franklin. Hello, hello, hello. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Anything coming up for the holidays, Felina? Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave just, it at that. Just we'll... hanging. Yeah. It's uh, my partner and I's first Christmas together, so that's going to be fun. Um, And we went up to Ukiah for, to visit uh, Raj Franklin. Um, only mm -hmm. no, <laughs> um, we went up to see my grandparents for Thanksgiving. So I think, and the other, the other ones are going to be up for Christmas. So, uh, it's going to be too, too full for us to spend it up there. So next up, he is an animator, creative director, and the co-founder of Six Point Harness Studios. It's my pleasure to introduce Greg Franklin. Hey everybody. Happy holidays. Felice Cuplianos. And he is the author of The Murders That Made Us, a true crime history of San Francisco, which makes a great Christmas gift for the true crime fan on your list. Ask for it at your favorite bookstore or order it online. He is Bob Calhoun. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you've got a crazy aunt that loves true crime, that loves just reading stories about people decapitated, butchered, cut up, burned up, whatever. I mean, we've all got those aunts. We've all got those older sisters and moms. You could you could find out more about it at MurdersThatMadeUs.com and find out how to buy it. You can buy a signed copy from me or you can go to your favorite bookstore or order it from a soulless soulless soul-sucking corporation i don't care just order the damn book it's a good stocking stuffer oh yeah oh yeah santa i want murders that made us for christmas merry murder so before we get into our holiday films uh, bob's twisted version of such <laughs> yeah uh sight and sound uh, just released their top 100 uh, sight and sound magazine they've been they've been really it's a uh, poll of about 1600 film critics they've been doing this ever since 1952 wow. citizen kane was dominant at the number one spot for like several years until vertigo un unseated five, it. five decades five decades wow. 50 Holy years crap. citizen kane it's dropped down to number three now vertigo last time 10 years ago vertigo was number one which is now number two and uh before we get into the new number one i i want to say that out of the 100 films in only 13 episodes of old movies for young stoners we have done three of these movies we did red shoes in episode four the first appearance of felina franklin and we did two of them in one episode the technological disruption episode had both singing in the rain and modern times that's episode 12 if you want to go back and listen to it and uh one other thing uh floyd webb produced julie dash's daughters of the dust which is now on the list so wow. uh floyd appears uh in an ep in an episode and what do we do with floyd we have him talk about queen of outer space with shaja gabor so that's <laughs> we've got a guy who produced one of the hundred greatest movies of all time and he's talking about queen of outer space mm -hmm. and also top of the heap a movie that he's he's uh championed let me see what episode that is 
It is Space Races, episode mm-hmm. nine. So you got that. He's also worked with Jabril Diop Mambati, uh, mm-hmm. whose Tuki Buki is also on the list. I'm not sure if Floyd actually had anything to do with that, but that's also a movie he's championed over the years. And really, really, um, Floyd is in the background on that movie making the list, definitely through mm-hmm. film screenings and stuff that he's run and him championing that filmmaker, Mambetti. And uh, so, so. So, hey, uh, congratulations to Floyd for uh, his work making the list. So, any thoughts Amazing. on the new list? What's the new number one? The new number one. Uh, the new number one is Jean Dilman, Vantois, Kai du Commerce, Mille Quatre, Van Bruxelles. The fuck is that? <laughs> it's French. It's French, and it's got a lot of numbers in it. And I had to uh, like find a French talk show where they pronounced it. And now, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm to make I'm sure to I underst- got it somewhat right. I'm under- if I'm to understand, this is a movie where a hooker washes dishes for six hours or something. Yeah, she washes dishes. I think it's under two hours, really. There's a lot of split screen going on in it. I have not seen it. It is now, not my- under two hours. Bob. Oh, it is not. No, this oh. is a this is a long, long movie where a lot of nothing stuff happens this is a this is very have you weird seen it this is the new have you seen it Corey? no I've, i'm reading about it now though and okay. uh, have you seen it have you seen it greg i have not seen it um this was this is a new one to me um i uh yeah i i there's a few movies on the list that kind of remind me of like what i've read about it although i also have heard to go in cold on this movie um but i couldn't help myself i i looked it up it kind of it's a little bit like this Fassbender movie called Ali Fear Eats the Soul. I've seen that. Um, yeah, which which is, you know, yeah, it's a slow burn. Let's put it that way. My favorite Twitter account is a Twitter account called Paul Schrader's Facebook Posts. And they, they just post anything that Paul Schrader posts on Facebook, which he's a prolific... Uh, Facebook user. <laughs> Paul Schrader is my dude. He, he's a guy I respect a lot, but he's also super hilarious and old on Facebook. Here's what he says, Bob. <laughs> Do you agree? For 70 years, the sight and sound poll has been a reliable, if somewhat incremental, measure of critical consensus and priorities. Films move up the list, others move down, but it took time. The sudden appearance of Jean Dalman in the number one slot undermines the sight and sound poll's credibility. It feels off as if someone has put their thumb on the scale, which I suspect they did. As Tom Stoppard pointed out in Jumpers, in democracy, it doesn't matter who gets the votes. It, ima- it matters who counts the votes. By expanding the voting community in the point system, this year's sight and sound poll reflects not a historical continuum, but a politically correct rejiggering. Ackerman's film is a favorite of mine, a great film, a landmark film, but its unexpected number one rating does it no favors. Gene Daleman will from this time forward be remembered not only an important film in cinema history, but also a landmark distorted woke reappraisal. Wow. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. (laughs) He's right. Okay, he's right. Wokeism. Like, how did this movie appear at number one? It's cuckoo crazy. <laughs> well, is there a chance that it's just more women critics and more international critics, more critic non North American critics and uh, Northern European critics are voting now? Is that a possibility? I don't know. I we have our ears to the ground re- regarding mm-hmm. cinema and and stuff. I've never seen this thing on another poll as number one ever in my life. Have you? You know what I mean? I th- well, it's always been 
it it has always been on the list on this list. It's time to take down Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is a white man's pick. That's true. <laughs> Period. But it's where flashbacks come from, more or less. I mean, there, there were flashbacks before. Need, it doesn't need to be number one every single year. Just because it made yeah. up flashbacks doesn't mean it needs to be number one. Flash. What about Vertigo? It's number three now. Yeah. Vertigo yeah. is propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> Great San Francisco locations, though. Hey, Bob, yeah. did um did Vertigo get like a critical reappraisal? It was at first, it wasn't that loved, right? When it uh, was first released. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, you know, as far as fifties Hitchcock goes, it was going to be North by Northwest or Rear Window, and then over the years, I mean, there was a restoration of it in the nineties, and it got re released, mm-hmm. and that brought a lot of attention to it. I think Rear Window, if I was going to introduce somebody to Hitchcock, like a young person who had you know only heard the name and never knew it i would go with rear window before i go mm-hmm. with vertigo i mean vertigo it's very unrealistic there are so many parking spaces available in san francisco <laughs> i mean <laughs> come on it strains credulity bob I, it, it vertigo is a weird one it takes you a while yeah. it's like um it's like an album that you have to listen to like four times before you get you know what I mean? It's it's, it's sure. a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really want to give away stuff in it by talking about it, but there are things I see in Vertigo now where it's like, oh, that was going on all along, and somehow, you know, mm-hmm. eighth time watching it, I finally, I finally see that. I think it's a great film. I think it should, you know, be in the top ten or top sure. twenty. Bob, I have to ask. I have to ask you if you are disturbed by the presence of Mulholland Drive at number eight on the list in the top 10 beating the likes of the Godfather and singing in the rain. Yeah, Well, this is where I'm going to out myself. I, I will watch <laughs> every David Lynch movie, but, and I will see everything he does, but I don't really like him very much. I don't <laughs> like his movies. I don't even really like blue velvet. I think blue. Oh yeah. People in the American Get suburbs are weird. <sighs> You know, it's like big deal. It's, it's 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 a lot more than that. That's like the first minute of Blue Ball. You know, like that. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I I don't know. It's you know everybody's gonna have the the beloved filmmaker, the beloved mm-hmm. film that everybody loves and they don't like. Like I'm always the one sure. who goes. Oh, I think Godfather Two is boring. I like the first one, but I, you know, it's, Godfather Two is, is off the list now. I'm okay wow. with that. You're okay but, with that. But conversation is on the list, and Apocalypse Now is on the list. So I mean, Mulholland Coco's Drive ranking so high is, is definitely a sign of younger, uh, younger critics, you know, coming in and voting. It's it's that's it's people who of my generation. It's our Citizen Kane, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's funny to me about about lynch is i'm the one who likes his like attempts at normie movies i like the elephant man a lot and i like the straight story a lot and right. those are the movies yeah, i, I like by him story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i like i like him and i like that he exists and i like that he can get showtime to make 18 episodes of of the twin peaks sequel and uh yeah i i, I i'm happy he he continues to do things and we'll see everything he does and Maybe someday I'll get hit in the head, and then all of a sudden I'll like everything he does as much as everybody else. Uh, Felina, you, I, I heard Felina. I heard you had some strong feelings about this list, and oh well, I mean, I wouldn't say I have strong feelings. I'm just surprised that I mean, there. Uh, listen, I would have rearranged it. I would have. 
<laughs> I would have yeah. done different. I would have done uh-huh. things differently. I would have put meshes of the afternoon much higher. Um, really? <laughs> not much higher. I'm just kidding. It's 16. No, it's 16. That's pretty fucking high. That is pretty high. It's good. I love uh-huh. that one. I remember a day, Felina, when you not too long ago when you you were you were like Bob with David Lynch on the meshes of the afternoon because I we watched it and you were like, what the hell? You yeah. she was a young child at the time. <laughs> you said not too long ago. It wasn't too long ago. It was like five years ago. Oh well, that's that's a big five years. That is long when ago. You're, yeah. <laughs> when you're 21, that's a big five years. When you're that's 53, true. it's it's almost Excuse nothing. Excuse me, Bob. I'm 22 now. <laughs> oh God, you're 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 gonna age out in another 40 yeah. years of this podcast. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, red shoes is at 70, which I also would have put higher. I would have yeah. put the red Absolutely. shoes. Red shoes is better than freaking Barry Lyndon. Jesus Christ, uh, a boring yeah. ass no, Totally. Floyd Webb outranks the Red Shoes. You know, both of Floyd's mm-hmm. uh, movies are, are higher than the Red Shoes on here. Uh, there, I did read a tweet that said that there's like a recency bias to this and that a lot of the movies that are now on the list are things that have recent restorations and recent re-releases in art houses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but that's also the point of restoring movies and re-releasing them is to get them into the canon and into the conversation. So I don't really want to be the one to throw stones in the glass house of, of that right. and kind of go, oh, well, Tukey Bookie, like, uh, it, it just got a lot of, got a lot of love on the, on the Wokies. revival circuit. All yeah. the well, I'm looking at the whole thing and Ratfinka Boo Boo didn't even make this list. So fuck this yeah, list. Yeah, this even... is ridiculous. <laughs> I want to, I want to bring up some of the movies that came off the list this year. So Godfather 2 being one of them, Raging Bull being another one of them. Off the list. This is a bad. It's a bad year for film noir. With Touch of Evil being off the list, Um, Chinatown, Chinatown. Like yeah, those are still on the director's list. But okay, you know some of them, and and you know it's a little weird to see something like Lawrence of Arabia being booted off the list for Get Out. Yeah, I love Get. I love Get Out, and I'd probably love it better than uh, Lawrence of Arabia, but it's just one of those things where all these Wokies are coming out of the woodwork, you know? <laughs> I actually agree with that. And Nashville, I don't know if that really deserved to be on the list to begin with. It's a little boring. Oh, come on. I, I don't, it's one of my favorites. It's one of my all right. favorites of all time. But, yeah, does it? It's know. not it's my favorite Altman. Taste. It is. It's just it's just one of those ones where I always start it too late and fall asleep. <laughs> so I've never actually got to the end of it. That end scene is amazing. See, um, I yeah, I need to I need to start it at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I uh I watched McCabe and Mrs. Miller this week for the first time. Mm. And um it's supposed to it's everyone's favorite Altman. And I thought it was like it like made me feel kind of gross. It's like, man, it sucked being a cowboy. It's like you're no showers, <laughs> you're really dirty. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. I like three women in Nashville better. 
Yeah. I like I love Popeye. Popeye. So who what do I know? Popeye didn't even make this list. <laughs> Why is it Popeye on the list? Popeye. Where's the Joker? Where's the <laughs> no! Joker? <laughs> Not Joker. What's the difference between the director's list and the and the regular list? I don't get it. Well, the director's like, is a poll of directors, and so it's got different stuff on it. So it's the yeah. top 100 according to Martin Scorsese oh, and Julie okay. Dash so and whoever it's not else. The, they, it's not the critics. Uh, it's them. yeah it's a director's list which is different i don't know it seems to carry less weight though than the than the than the critic list yeah the director's list is a little easier to take honestly i mean it's still it's still got a lot of international films and and interesting films i mean there is, are more women directors on the list but there's like what five out yeah. of a hundred on the right. uh, critics list, so still uh-huh. a lot of work to do there. Uh, Greta Gerwig isn't doing as much of the heavy lifting on this list as she does on the letterbox list. She right. she is the only representative of her her gender <laughs> on the other mm-hmm. list. So we've got Agnes Varda on this list and Julie Dash right. and and Ackerman, Chantel Ackerman. You know, mm-hmm. coming up really big. You know, the oh, big. Upset. I didn't realize that. Um, that uh, 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 Gene Dillman, which is the new the new best movie ever made, stars our friend Delphine Seerig from Mr. Freedom. Now I'm out. Now I Mis- really want to watch it. Oh. Mr. Freedom. You know, that that's one thing I want to bring up before we get into our movies is that there are a lot of movies on this list we've talked about because Daisies is on the list. The Czech film, which we talked about a lot when we talked mm-hmm. about Valerie and her Week of Wonders. Persona, yes. which was uh, Igmar Bergman's Boo. Persona, which was thoroughly denounced <laughs> by Greg Franklin. Boo. Oh, yeah. Felina, no, Felina is the the. I hate hater. Persona. <laughs> I'm with Just you. Give it, I, I give it five years. Thank you. <laughs> when we grow up, we'll understand. <laughs> the Joan of Arc uh, movie by Carl Theodore Dreyer, we talked about a lot when we talked about uh, Vampire just in our very last episode. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, The Passion of Joan of Arc is also on the list and on the director's list, I believe. So, so yeah, we've talked about a lot of these movies just when we've talked about other films from the filmmakers. So we, we talked about eight and a half going... with um with uh, mm-hmm. uh you know uh, that one Fellini we watched that was great. Juliet and Juliet. her Juliet of the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit. Juliet yeah, of the Juliet. Spirits. Yes, this is the one of the best things I ever saw, and I forgot the mm-hmm. title. <laughs> no, it's we. I do definitely want to do. Um, an episode where we do eight and a half with like green slime or wild, wild planet, you know, because, because <laughs> yeah. that's uh master. Oyani is making one of those movies. That's what yeah. he's making. Yeah. He's making one of those kooky Italian space movies from the sixties. Uh-huh. So I want to pair those two. And so sooner or later with maybe even uh what is it? Um, planet of the vampires with Mario Bava. We can finally get Bava in, you know, yeah. uh, no Bava on this list. What's up no. with that? Uh, one other thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Will McKinley is super fan of the show. He wrote to me on Mastodon to ask if Felina did the old witch voiceover no. at the beginning of the last episode. So, uh, uh, Felina, why don't you tell Will McKinley here who uh, <laughs> who did the voiceover for that? Who did the old witch voice that's, at the that's beginning? That's really of- funny that you ask that because uh, our voices do get confused all the time. But it was not mm-hmm. me. It was my mother, Teresa Franklin, the let the the legend the poon tangler the um <laughs> what <laughs> what co-founder of Felina Franklin Co-founder, with Greg Franklin yes uh... that was my mom 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does a great witch. This is the voice that I uh, had to hear grounding me. Uh, was <laughs> <laughs> Scary. <laughs> She's like, you oh. will be locked in your room for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is the part where we would usually tell you to follow us on social media. Just follow us on social media. Will Twitter even be there by the time this episode airs? I don't know. So we're just dropping that part. Uh, so anyway, yeah, just follow us. Just subscribe to the damn podcast, please. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Imperial Me. And this is the non-government of the me people. Now, why don't we just relax and get nice and cozy. Now, folks. The first item on uh, today's agenda is this business. If the people from uh, down yonder and the people from Cross River wanted to come in here and talk about what they call our mutual problems, Mm. our common differences. Now, they want to talk, 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 talk about our problems. They want to debate, debate, debate about solutions until somehow they get their problems solved. They want to waste our time. They want us to commit ourselves to that kind of surrender. In 1964, the Xerox Corporation threw $4 million at a series of commercial-free TV specials to air on ABC to educate American TV viewers about the work of the United Nations. For the first of these, they hired Rod Serling, fresh off the cancellation of The Twilight Zone that same year, to write this retelling of Dickens' A Christmas Carol that feels like what would have happened if Stanley Kubrick had directed a production of Scrooge instead of Dr. Strangelove. To make the Strangelove comparison inescapable, this movie reunites two of its stars, with Sterling Hayden and Peter Sellers. Hayden plays Daniel Grudge, a modernized Scrooge who's grown bitter and isolationist over the death of his son on Christmas Eve during World War II, and Sellers is Imperial Me, the cult leader of a post-apocalyptic gang of nuclear war survivors. Singer Steve Lawrence plays the ghost of Christmas past, prolific character actor Pat Ingle is the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come, the scariest Christmas ghost of them all, is summoned to this plane by Robert Shaw. That's Quint from Jaws showing you all the fucked up shit that's going to happen to you. Also featuring Britt Eklund, who was married to Peter Sellers at the time, Eva Marie Saint, James Shigeta, and Ben Gazzara, this is a carol for another Christmas. So... 
you know, it's a Christmas carol, it's fun with the family, and you have to see, and this movie gives us uh, radiation poisoned kids from Hiroshima. So it's a fun, fun Christmas treat for the entire family that we all can enjoy. Uh, Felina, what did you think of it? What What's your thoughts on A Carol for Another Christmas? So my situation with this movie is that it is too sad for Christmas. <laughs> this movie is not Christmassy enough. It is too sad and mean. You cannot watch this with your family. This is going to be a scathing <laughs> review. I'm sorry. Um, this I'm here movie, for it. This movie made me upset. This movie... I just... <laughs> you absolutely... It's a Christmas carol. It's a Christmas carol, but with the worst person. And does he even really, like, be better at the end? Not really. He's still, like, he's still kind of an asshole. You know, it just... This movie is ridiculous. And I kind of hate it. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so hilarious. You know, uh, reading up on Rod Serling, you know, as I did, I read The Twilight Zone Companion, which I hadn't read since I was a teenager. I found it in a library. And there's that period where Twilight Zone goes to an hour long for the fourth season. And at the end of that season, he comes, Rod Serling comes to the conclusion that really these things are better at a half hour, at a 22, 24 minute runtime. And A Carol for Another Christmas is much longer. Like it's an hour. Ooh, and much a half. longer. Much, it keeps going and going and going, than, this freaking movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 He, uh, and what's, what's amazing about it, though, is it's got like the dream cast. Like, I mean, yeah. just an amazing cast. Uh, Corey, uh, talk about the cast a bit. Well, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, it's a knockout cast. And when you pitched it, I'm like, this is right up my alley. Peter Sellers, Ben Gazzara, even Sterling Hayden, even Britt Eklund. I was excited. <laughs> but this just goes to show you. Even I mean, Rod Sterling, I'm a huge, huge Twilight Zone fan. But it goes to show you, you could uh, have a, a stellar team and still lose the game. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, so I, I like Felina, uh, had a hard time with this. I'll tell you, I was all in in the beginning. It has that Twilight Zone vibe, like really, like you're like, it's, it's, it feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone at the beginning. You get that amazing first scene, you know, uh, where Ben Gazzara, who plays um, Grudges, stupid, so stupid, his name's Grudge instead of Scrooge, it plays his nephew. <laughs> um, Ben Gazzara is like kind of has a monologue, actually, like the way he's like trying to plea for his uncle's um, attention uh, on some of these bleeding heart issues of the time. And um, Ben Gazzara really gave, gives a very convincing performance. And I am like, OK, I am in. This is awesome. It's Twilight Zoney. It's Ben Gazzara. Then the Christmas Carol shit starts, goes to Christmas past comes Steve Lawrence, right, of Stephen Edie fame. That shit's so boring. And it becomes like war is hell kind of stuff. And it becomes just straight propaganda after a while. And my eyes glazed over. And I'm like, okay, where's Peter? S-? I just kept saying, where's Peter Sellers? And I was going to, and when Peter Sellers does show up <clears throat> in the Ghost of Christmas Future section, stuff starts to cook a little bit, but it's not an, okay, it's not enough to keep it going. This movie might be good, like in a classroom setting when you're talking about Cold War stuff. Um, 
it does re- it like it does for 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 my brain my uh bitter brain where i think everything is a government op this movie does feel like a government op like some propaganda shit um and i think it was right it was like mm-hmm. who, xerox paid for it they're shady they paid for it to what like promote the united nations <laughs> fuck that <laughs> at the time the united nations was uh um support for it was dipping in the United States. We were very enthusiastic for the United Nations and to be a, a more international, internationally minded, uh, um, with more internationally minded foreign policy. Yeah, Pro-globalization. Like, That's what this is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, do we get through climate change without globalization? Excellent. Maybe not Absolutely. capitalist globalization, right. but a political <laughs> globalization. But uh, I think it's, even though it is from Xerox, uh, its heart is more in the right place than it's in the wrong place. It's it's right. like so basic. The, Rod Sterling has the best politics ever, right? He he's amazing, and he's he has what we want to like. He, I wish he was still writing stuff, you know, for today's climate. Um, it still reads true, especially like all these movies we keep watching that you keep picking, Bob, that are good, like the Shatner movie, etc. Uh, the Peter Sellers character is totally Trump. Totally, one hundred percent. You know what I mean. Tell me about the Ghost of Christmas Present guy. Who's Pat Hingle? What do I? What would I know? Pat, well, Pat Hingle, like probably the thing that like a younger viewer, a younger viewer would know him from is he was Commissioner Gordon in the Tim Burton Batman movies and probably the Joel Schumacher ones oh, too. Oh shit! Thank you. But I had no idea. He. He's just been in hundreds of movies and TV shows. I mean, you've just seen that guy's face in a lot of things. Great name. But um, yeah, Pat Hingle, I mean, he's good in his part. And I, I have to talk about, maybe Greg can talk about this a little bit, which I know Greg was disappointed in the film too, or it didn't yes. reach him. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, ha- I have to say, I, you know, like I, I, I look back on my notes and I just have three words on my notes. And uh, those three words are hum fucking bug. <laughs> that's, that's what I have written down. Hum fucking bug. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but I share a lot of the uh, opinions of my esteemed colleagues here on the panel. I really wanted to like this. You know, I really, really wanted to like this. This is, it's it's so close, you know? It's so close. I, You know, as you guys know, especially Felina, I love woke trash of the 1960s. Yes. And this is not trashy enough to be that. But I agree with everything the movie is saying. It's just saying it at such a languid pace that I am forced to uh, contemplate how sadly relevant it all still is. <laughs> it only aired once. It only yeah. aired once because of this back in the 60s. stayed that way. <laughs> I saw it 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I saw it 10 years ago on TCM, and all I remembered about it when I was throwing it out there is like, here's the Christmas movies on HBO Max, was that it was really weird. So it met the weird criteria. That's all I, I remembered it being very film noir right. looking. Looking The lighting, the, the light and shadows are amazing in this film. And it's uh, Joseph L. Mankiewicz directed it, which... Look, we haven't done a movie. We haven't done a Kubrick movie yet. We haven't done a Hitchcock movie yet. We haven't done Varda, Godard, Bergman. 
We haven't done any of those people, but we've done two movies now directed by Joseph Mankiewicz. Yeah. Uh, which, because he also directed Dragonwick, which that's just a weird coincidence, but... Oh, like, that piece he of is, shit? Yeah. <laughs> ben Mankiewicz this guy is sucks. Uh, a great uncle. Yeah, I... Well, you know, hey, he, hey, look, look, look. As, if, far, as far as the offerings on HBO Max... The Christmas offerings on HBO Max. <laughs> this movie is probably way better than the Christmas Story sequel with Ralphie grown up that has just popped up. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for that, but it looks. Oh like yeah, an I have. It's, I, I I plan on watching it. You know what's great it is the new Ryan Reynolds Will Ferrell Christmas Carol retelling, which I loved. I laughed. I cried. It's called Spirited. That's if you want to watch a stoner friendly. Christmas Carol retelling. Go see this. This is what I'll say about this one. It's advanced watching. It's for real, real movie nerds that just want to be completists with Peter Sellers shit or Ben Gazzara shit. It is not stoner friendly, this movie. No. Forget all of that. The best Christmas Carol, the best Christmas Carol retelling is The Muppets. The Muppets. Yes. The Muppets. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Well, I mean, he. What about Mr. Magoo? Mr. Magoo goes. I, I like the episode of uh, Give Me a Break uh, where Nell Carter is Scrooge. Um, <laughs> WKRP. <laughs> Joe, little Joey one. Lawrence is the yeah. ghost of Christmas past. It's great. Uh, That's okay. There is a structural problem. There probably more than one structural problem with Rod Serling's take on this. Is the ghost of Christmas past is supposed to be the one that shows you like the path not taken where Scrooge could have been happier. And in this one, it's just like, you know, there's wars, there's famine and look at all these kids that were bombed at Hiroshima. And really that part. And I'm surprised Serling missed this. Although he had Xerox breathing down his back and the UN Mm -hmm. and Adelaide Stevenson and everything that he probably you know, is trying to cram oh. too much stuff in, but that should have been a flashback to a uh, grudge with his son. Cause he's supposed to be isolationist and angry because his son died. We should have a flashback to grudge and his son and grudge saying something bad to his son and his son, you know, yeah. going off and dying something left unsettled. And so the movie just doesn't. And like Felina pointed out, that when Grudge has this turnaround, it's so, and Corey as well, it's so slight, you don't really feel it. And that's partly because of that structural flaw that they don't, they don't utilize the ghost of Christmas past Yeah, correctly. Sterling right. Hayden is not running around buying turkeys for all the kids at the end of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Going like, ah, oh, I'm no. a changed man. Like what's, All he's what's, doing is, is shaking this poor kid, Hiroshima survivor, <laughs> and saying, smile, smile, yeah. it's fine. Which is like, just is is crazy. Not not fun. Not funny. <laughs> more kids probably more irradiated from the vodka on his breath than he is from the a bomb. He drinks Jack Daniels in this movie, which is weird because you usually see guys drink uh, scotch in these old movies, but yeah. he just has straight up Jack Daniels. I'm like, okay, I respect. Well, that. they had to come up with that four million dollars somewhere. <laughs> I know. Th- uh, I know this actor has been in a million things, but. When I first saw him, I'm like, what do I remember that face from? And it's he, Bob, am I right? He's the guy who gets shot in the head in The Godfather at the table, right? Sterling Hate? Yeah. Well, I mean, but he's also in The Killing. He's the lead in The Killing, and he's in Asphalt but Jungle. But he's the he's guy the in, in The Godfather. That's what came yeah. to mind, though. Like, he's the guy yeah, in The Godfather is. sitting at the table who gets shot in the head. 
which oh. I used, which I made a a meme uh, comparison uh, uh, during the Trump years of that picture of Sterling Hayden getting shot in the head with the blood running down and Rudy Giuliani with the hair dye running down. I put those two things together and put it on Twitter uh, back when Twitter was fun. He's also in the long goodbye. He's like the, he has a beard and he like goes oh. into the ocean. You know, uh, older Sterling great actor. Hayden. Yeah, uh, smile, know, kid, kid, smile. It's fine. <laughs> he just tells this kid it's fine. That was my favorite part, by the way. My, I have a favorite part. I have oh, one yeah. favorite part. It is the Imperial Me's hat. That's it. Oh yeah, the cowboy <laughs> crown. That is it. That's the only thing I like about this movie. What, what, yeah. What's the Imperial Me? Tell the listeners out there. It's yeah, if you can, because yes. Uh, uh, so the Imperial Me is uh, the Ghost of Christmas f- future. He shows uh, the future after Doomsday. He is uh, God. I could barely tell. I was so high. I like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching this, and I was was like. And Sage was like, that's Quint! That's Quint! And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then this guy with a cowboy hat that is also a crown shows up, and I was like, oh, I like that hat. That's a sick hat. He talks about how there will be no more we. There will only be I. Uh, And I will be fighting and... Stupid. So stupid. Yes. It's like a cult leader kind of thing. He's a cult yeah. leader. Yeah. He's the he's the yes. cult leader for uh what's left of the people in Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Which it consists of like mo- most a lot of them looked like children in that crowd. There was that specifically mm. that one girl who was like blonde and was like, ah Britt Eklund. I uh, that's Peter Sellers' wife at the time. She's also in the Wicker Man. So oh yes, and she dumped Peter Sellers for Rod Stewart later <gasps> on. Period. <laughs> <laughs> the the Imperial Me part is the part of the movie that feels like it could have been a really good Twilight Zone episode where right. it, it's like you know Peter Sellers is so captivating in it. I mean he just takes over the movie even with quint from jaws there and as great as quint is but i it's like feels like it's a wonderful life the movie where bill mummy from lost in space as a little kid wishes people into the you know it has that kind of twilight zone scariness to it bill mummy and of just, fish heads fame uh, fish heads is. yes barnes, barnes and, and barnes. barnes one of the best bands from the valley of all time yeah this is a movie where the sum of all parts is greater than the whole yeah, I would say, uh, in conclusion, on my point of view on this movie, great intro, almost has a Twilight Zone uh, uh, vibe to it, mm-hmm. kind of loses its way, has the right politics, it's crazy anti-military, great cast, but just really bad for when you're stoned and actually hurts your brain. So I would say uh, watch it only for a curiosity if you're a, a Peter Sellers completist or something like that. Like I went into this so cold. If I would have known about the Xerox and the UN, you know, propaganda thing, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. We haven't really talked about the ending, which is deeply troubling. Uh, Go where on. The, the big lesson that he learns is to take his coffee with his two black employees and that's the biggest lesson that he takes out of this is like, I think I'll 
I'll I'll drink coffee with the help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's disturbing as fuck. <laughs> it's yeah. very it's very very troubling. And and you know what else? The 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 you're sitting there going like is this over? And the HBO Max like like watch next stuff comes up before the credits. And you're just like, "No." Dude. <laughs> HBO Max ruins a lot of things by by being really aggressive with that, even more aggressive yeah. than Netflix. Yeah. Like for a while, Warner Brothers cartoons were kind of unwatchable because that shit would come up before yeah. like the end gag. Like it's all yeah. about this end joke. I'm still sitting things. here soaking in the last episode of The White Lotus. It's trying to tell me <laughs> to watch fucking uh, John Oliver. I'm like, I'm still thinking about that episode yeah. of White Lotus. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> you know, we, David Zaslav of Discovery needs to be visited by three. Scary oh, as fuck man. ghosts is what needs to yes. happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quid from Jaws needs to visit him. That is a great idea for a new Christmas carol, by the way, Bob. <laughs> we need to pitch that. <laughs> oh, my God. One of them's got to be Orson Welles. Yes. <laughs> I, am, I am the ghost of Christmas future. Dad, I don't know about you, but that when that uh, popped up, I was, like, relieved. I was uh, like, Well, oh. okay, yes, that's true. Okay, so I think what we're getting at is don't watch the movie. Watch something else. Um, <laughs> Any, watch anything, the Muppets. Anything else. So, watch the Muppets. So any, any weed recommendations? Is, no. is that even something? Okay, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't get stoned. Don't get stoned. <laughs> but yeah. I, I do want to say what I smoked um, because I got to put the word out there. So all those, you know, those fancy vapes week that come up a lot on the, the show that um, – not the weed vapes, but like the really colorful ones that all the kids are smoking now. Those things cost forty dollars. If you go to Seven Eleven, you want you say, "I want the kiwi berry uh, puff and stuff" or whatever it's called. Those are forty dollars. That's a lot of money for something that doesn't get you stoned, right? So I went to my local dispensary. My clo- the closest one to me is called Oz, A H H S. And uh, it stands for something cool like Alternative Herbal Health or something like that. But oh, it's, it's not it's not the store where you go and get like Spencer's <laughs> gifts. Yeah, it's not it's not the one that has like uh, fart machines and um, and a My Chemical Sex. Romance that's shirt. Where, no, that's, that's where my dad always gets all my gifts. That is where yeah. I love Oz on Ventura Boulevard. But no, this one stole its name and now it's a dispensary. But yeah, it's not there anymore. But they have these disposable vapes by the company crystal clear now i smoked a gelato one it's a Mm. hybrid um it's a 0.5 gram disposable vape these things are 12 dollars okay so yeah you can get three of them for as much as you buy one of those other vapes that don't even get you high their company's crystal clear 12 dollar vapes i highly recommend them everybody all for for the stoner and on a budget those things are so expensive though because they are now illegal Right. So that's why they're 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 charging uh, more for them. Right. Yeah. What is that? Because be that, that yeah. proposition passed. Yeah. Because yeah. like to, to like so stop I kids can't... from smoking uh, flavored tobacco. It's yeah. actually yeah. just to get anything cool off the market. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm a I'm a grown fucking man who wants to vape a Cinnabon. You know, come yeah. on. You know, please, yeah. Fifty-year-old men are watching Star Wars bullshit still. Just let them have the Cinnabon. For those of you not listening in California, by the way, we just had our midterm elections, and everything on the ballot in California is always about flavored tobacco and dialysis machines. I have no idea what's happening. I just, um, I want to know what you guys smoked to to make you hate this movie too. So I took three thirty milligrams. I took thirty milligrams of these. Blood orange gummies. They're heavy hitters. Mm. 
They, Ooh. yeah, their hybrid was pretty good. Yeah, I took, I think I had like 20 milligrams of that. And then I had 10 milligrams of this as well, all, or sorry, all's well cannabis infused gummies that are vegan which we love to see and these are i believe these are also a hybrid i had 10 milligrams so i had 30 milligrams total to watch this movie which was a absolute crime actually (laughs) i definitely should not have taken 30 milligrams because 30 milligrams does not go well with this movie well at all no no, you, like you can barely, I feel like if I took 10, I would still fall asleep. I, I have one last thing to say while we're talking about weed. There was this place in Ukiah called Cookies and yeah. they had amazing deals. So if you're in the Ukiah area, go to Cookies. The the, the citizens of Ukiah are very upset that this Cookies looks like a cookie shop. Are they going to get a proposition on the ballot? They probably yeah. will. But I got, we got like, a massive bag of stuff for like a hundred bucks. No, we're sh- we're shouting out in in lieu of, in lieu of uh, enjoying this film. We're shouting out the dispensaries with good deals right now. So Oz and West Hollywood cookies and Ukiah, go support them and just support your local dispensary in general, everyone. Unless it's MedMen, don't support them. Fuck support MedMen. Your, oh, fuck MedMen. Yeah, Why? support your local. Um, are they canceled? Um, mom and pop. Yeah, they're they're run by um, weed Republicans that are uh, that are very oh. shady, very shady people. Oh. Carol for Another Christmas is streaming on HBO Max, and you can find it on YouTube and archive.org. If after this wonderful, wonderful recommendation, you're going to go there, that's where you can find it. Carol for Another Christmas. For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Are you telling me that an ape that lived two million years ago got onto that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there? Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. Every year at Christmas time, it's a tradition in our house for Rosie and me to light the fire and curl up on the couch with some eggnog spiked with a lot of dark rum and topped with a dusting of nutmeg, and we put on this wintertime tale filled with snow. Well, it was filmed in Spain, so it's probably fake snow or stock footage, but it's still got snow, so it's a Christmas movie, damn it. This film has hammer horror duo Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee trapped on a speeding Trans-Siberian Express with a thawed-out ape-man who is sapping the brains of hapless passengers. And just when you think that's enough to stuff your stocking, Telly Savalas shows up in the last act as a power-mad Cossack and chews the scenery with some of the greatest movie rants ever who are the murderers who with an army of cossack (laughs) zombies with bleeding eyes an alien intelligence that can possess the bodies of humanoids past and present and an often overlooked performance by alberto de mendoza as father pujardov the mad monk in spain it is known as panico and el transiberiano in america this is horror express Am I the only one who's seen this movie before first? Is, has anybody seen this before? I ain't never seen never it. Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay, Corey, why don't you go first here? First off, I want to say the transfer I watched to this movie was total ass. 
And then I tried to find another transfer of this movie. So I watched, I watched, I turned it on the Roku channel and it was very uh, bad quality. And then I tried, okay, well, let me see. Maybe there's a better quality version. So then I tried the Tubi version and it was worse. But I'm like, okay, no, you know what? I'm just going to commit to it. And um, first of all, the first thing that, that, that came to mind is that the music is so sick in this movie. The score is amazingly cool, groovy, evil, funky. Everything I like. Um, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing right away started doing their Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing stuff. I was in. It was very hard for me to follow because I was very stoned. But the vibe, I love movies that take place in close quarters. I love movies that take place in one day. I love the strangers on the train motif. It was, I loved all this stuff. It's like all the, how British everyone was, was really cool. But I could not tell what was going on. Okay. So I might need some handholding on this. So they were all in China or they're getting on a train in China. Is that what was happening? Mm -hmm. And then there was. Well, a... it's in Manchuria. It's the Trans Siberian Express. So it's going from oh, Siberia. Oh, like the Kraftwerk song. Thank you. Okay. See, this helps yeah. me. All right. Um, and then uh, there was like a dead man with like no eyeballs. And then that starts the whole murder mystery. Uh, Christopher Lee's a cop, right? Oh, and then there's this like. No, no, he's an archaeologist. Oh, Arche oh he's like an archaeologist. What? what? Okay. okay. Hold on. Should we do the weed right now? Because like. <laughs> all right. Let me just try to figure this. Let me try to unpack this. All right. Now there's like a mummy on board, right? And he's like, it's it's like in a in this box, and there's like a mummy, and then they open it up and the mummy's gone. And there's a dead body in there, right? And then that starts. No, that's not what happened either. God well, damn it. He's not a mummy. He's a half man, half ape. Okay, thank you. I thought he's was... a yeti. He's like a Sasquatch, basically. Okay. All right. All right. So I I don't want to spoil it. He's the, the missing so, link. So then there's this mystery happens on the train. The monster starts killing people, and the kills are so rad. Uh, oh, the yeah. way they die is cool. And then they start doing autopsies on the dead bodies on the train, which is so gross and sick. Loved it. Yeah. Loved the gore. Um, and uh, then Telly Savalas shows up in the coolest coat I've ever seen in my life. And Telly Savalas ah, is yes. chewing up the scenery. Telly Savalas. But who is Telly Savalas? Is he like just like a cool guy that happens to be on the train? And then there's this Rasputin dude. It was very confusing, but it's very cool. I like this movie a whole lot. Um, here's what I would describe this movie. It's funky and brown. It's like real brown, <laughs> this whole movie. And it's real funky. Like you could tell it stinks on that train. And then towards the end, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong about this. Towards the end, like there's this sci-fi aspect that comes in, right? Because like this motherfucker says he's from another galaxy, this Rasputin looking motherfucker, right? Uh -huh. That was weird as hell. I don't know. Here's my one question to you, Bob. Why the hell is this a Christmas movie? Uh, it's because Rosie and me watch it every year around Christmas because there's snow in it. Okay. And Telly Savalas has a Father Christmas kind of vibe to him with the fur Stretching, collar and the but red. Yeah, he kind of has a Santa coat on. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. And also, so people would listen to this episode when it's not Christmas later. They're like, oh, Horror Express is in that one because it yeah. will die in three weeks otherwise. That's another program. I'm super reason. interested in hearing what Felina and Greg thought about this. Um, but I will say that like it was hard for me to follow, but it's okay because the vibes were there. I would love to see it with more pixels in way better quality than I, I watched it in. Um, it was kind of hard to hear a lot and, and kind of hard to see. But just watching Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee on a train in the gory-ass 70s horror movie was awesome. And I could see like how if you just went into this at the theater it went at the time of release when it was you didn't know i'm just i'm just going to go to the movies it would have been a real real fun ride 
in, in a movie theater with an audience. But um, great stoner movie. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Uh, I want to hear what people think about it. Felina, do you want to take another crack at summarizing this? Maybe you <laughs> had a hard better handle on it. I can, I mean, I can try. I also had a hard time following this. However, I think, I think I got it. Okay, so... There's there's these archaeologist guys, right? So they go and they're in the they're in the snow and then they see Bob Bob this yeti face. So good. Such a good such a good face. The monster's so scary. The monster is so scary. Yeah, really scary. At first. At first. And then uh. uh they take the they take this fossil and they take it onto the train. This the eye there's one of the eyes glows and it it kills this man. It makes their eyes all white. At the train station. Then they get on yeah. the train and uh, hijinks ensue. It sucks all the wrinkles off of their brain. It does. It sucks the wrinkles <laughs> off of their brain. It's a brain sucker. Yeah. Because everyone was sm- have smooth brains. I lo- forgot that part. That was yes. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was so funny. Oh, man. I love this. I really liked this movie. This movie was so- very fun. Yeah, I ah, I like this one, and I think it is. You know what? I agree, <laughs> Bob. I agree that this is kind of it's minimally Christmassy, just because you know snow. You don't see snow here. We're all in mm-hmm. California. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really ever see snow here. So yeah, I could see that snow it equals counts. Christmas, and also like Horror Express, Polar Express, basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no Eddie Deason in this one. Uh, Greg, any what? what well, how did you feel I mean, about that? I I I feel very lucky because I watched this movie on Shutter, and the transfer is spectacular. Oh, I should have known. It's not okay. brown. It is it is rich color, super detailed, beautiful soundtrack. I had no problem at all following this film. It's pretty basic monster film, really, um, but. The vibes are off the chain. It's like you've got the hammer thing, but it's also got this kind of yellow thing going on. You know, it's like a really great mix. I love the fucking miniature trains. Oh, my God. The miniature trains exploding. Wait, those were miniature? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I... I mean, you saw a crappy yeah. transfer, so you might have thought they were real. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it is just such a fun movie. I really, I really loved the the uh, frenemy uh, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee uh, thing, where they're they're at odds and then they're forced to team up. The acting is great. Um, Telly Savalas is fucking amazing. The smoking jacket game in this movie is stellar these smoking jackets of just random people on the train could star in their own film incredible wardrobe incredible um sets i love to you know movies that are um set in confined spaces with a limited cast that's always a hallmark of like a of a nice you know kind of down and dirty movie um this movie made me want to create an animated version that just shamelessly rips off this entire oh, yeah. film. I, I, I just, I can't say enough great things about it. Uh, Corey, please go to shutter, watch it on shutter, the glowing reds. You're not going to get a Brown feel off of it. You're going to get like a real, like blood red giallo, 
like I, uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited to watch it. Uh, I'm so glad that that yeah. it exists in better quality. Um, yeah, e- even in the shitty oh, yeah. quality, I the vibes were felt. You know, they hit me and they hit me oh, hard. Yeah. And um, I think this is going to be a new Christmas tradition in my household too, Bob. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh, uh, yeah glad this one's landing better than uh carol for another christmas but it yeah it's there's a lot of it's like a precursor to john carpenter's the thing because the alien is mm-hmm. able to take over people's bodies uh i don't know how much of you know there is a sense of mystery and build up but people the alien takes over people's bodies now why the inspector when he's taken over all of a sudden has a yeti hand i don't know and i really don't <laughs> care it doesn't matter as a kid when i saw this yeah. that just let us know know that he was now the monster you know so you needed that visual when the monk uh gets infected he does not get a yeti hand and that i don't know he's why. already hairy <laughs> because he already looks like a monster yeah he's already hairy <laughs> why was that guy on the train by the way he's 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 like the uh he's like the rasputin to the polish uh uh, count and the young okay and what is telly savalas why is he on the train he's a oh, cop. thank you he's the cop okay. he, they summon him they he gets a, they get a message that this train's out of control people are dying on it thank so you. he right. is that he's a soldier me. and so his yeah his detachment of soldiers uh yeah. board the train and you know when those guys get on the train you know even with telly savalas not acting as crazy as he does i mean he he's only in the movie maybe 10 15 minutes but he owns the movie it was yeah. weird in the middle of the movie yeah. where he's like, and uh, charge it on my Players Club credit card. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, like this movie's already cooking, and then he shows up, and it even cooks even more. Like it was, it's it's a real hot, oh it's a hot God. movie. It's a movie that finds a way to introduce new crazy yes. shit as it goes along. And so it starts out with with you know Yeti, you know draining people's brains with glowing red eyes, and yeah. then like then it goes to Telly Savalas, and then you have Cossack zombies, you know, cause you know oh, with man. bleeding eyes. It like finds a way to keep throwing new stuff at you through its 90 minute runtime i was worried about the dog you know the dog i was like oh man that dog's so fucking dead and then he just gets completely forgotten and 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 as well uh you know i watched this with with uh with tigger and she's like yeah the dog but what happened to the children you know like there's a scene where the children are sleeping and the great the the gross hand is like almost gonna touch the Scary. kids. The com- kids are completely forgotten. <laughs> they just are gone. Uh, we assume they're somewhere on that back cabin, but uh, yeah, it does drop a few a few crazy things along the way. I think the pets dying and being mutilated is a newer horror trope and hadn't really happened by that point in 1972. So, but yeah, the dog would be like the first thing to go in a movie made from the 80s on. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, Jones the cat doesn't die in Alien. So I mean right. they weren't killing the pets yet. Right. Like until the 80s. All right. But also dad, like what what is this monster going to get from a dog? Like he has a motive. He well, has we didn't know. When we when we see when we see the the dog freaking out over right, the frozen right. we, we don't know. You see it with modern eyes, you're just like that dog is so dead. But really, the dog just kind of 
I don't know. Maybe Fucks he off. jumped off. Maybe he just jumped off the train when Telly Savalas got on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, they do miss a golden opportunity for Telly to pick up the dog and say crazy oh. shit at the dog and pet the dog. I mean, you know, that would that would definitely give the probably dog a gets us in. Yeah, probably gets us into our next segment. So I'm just going to introduce the TikTok report on that note. So. Oh yes. This is the Old Movies for Young Stoners holiday special TikTok report with the ghost of Christmas future, Felina Franklin. <laughs> okay, I'm here. There's an extensive uh, TikTok report today. There, ha- I have counted one, two, three, four. Okay, four TikToks. <laughs> five. Wow. Five, five TikToks on uh horror express that weren't dude there was a couple of polar express it did get mixed in to the search <laughs> i'm not lying it did get mixed into the search for uh um, much TikTok. scarier film scarier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this one that has 609 likes let's see it has six 16 k views uh wow. horror, a, a clip of horror express and it's the clip where um, they're trying to break into the box and they find the dead man, except for they don't show the dead man because it's TikTok. Just a couple of comments that I found on this one. Also, not to mention, this is wonderful quality. Like, this scene has amazing quality on TikTok. Uh, oh, wow. I'm sure, Corey, this probably would have been better than uh, <laughs> Watch it on what, watching it on TikTok. <laughs> on Tubi or Roku. Um, (laughs) Lots of people are like, anything for Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, it's always entertaining. And then another guy says, when an actor has to swing an axe for the first time in his life, dot, dot, dot. That that was pretty funny. Like, (laughs) he's really trying hard not to break the props. Somebody, Accordion Doc 67 says... OMG, my favorite movie, The Blood Dripping from yeah. the Eyes. Classic horror. It's so good. I agree with Accordion Dude 77. Wow. So so he he is a, a, a an accordion repairman who is a big fan of the Horror Express. Yes. I need to follow him immediately. <laughs> you do. Also, Dad, it's a it's yeah. a woman. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. How sorry. dare you? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Your daughter's on this podcast, yeah. Craig. I How well, dare hey, you? you know, I mean, odds are an accordion repair person who is a fan of the Horror Express. I mean, sounds like a like a nerdy man to me, but who knows? You know, we got to be inclusive. Yeah, you never know, father. You never know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of. I mean, mostly all positive on this movie. Oh my god, this this clip has a hundred and twenty one favorites. Someone favorited this clip 121 times. Wow. Or 100, wow. sorry, I should say 121 people have favorited this clip. Right, not one person. Not one person over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and can you show the clip? Can you show the clip? Oh, that's, that's a good, good clip. That's, yeah. a, that's good, a good, yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good yeah. clip. <laughs> the blood dripping from the, uh, yes. the uh, spy woman's eyes, uh, oh, the yes. ape attacking her. The, ki- the, ki- the kills so in this movie are s- exceptional. You, you, yes. Watch it for the kills. Yeah. Watch it for the music. Watch it for the clothes. Watch it for Telly Savalas. Watch it for Christopher Lee. It's out of this world. Last thing for the TikTok report. 
I found that I've never, ever seen on TikTok before. Every time I've looked up a movie, I've never seen this before. I think this is a new feature. But they have the link to the IMDb on the TikTok screen. So wow. it says, Horror Express, IMDb, six, six and a half stars out of ten. And it tells you the director, uh, Eugene, is it Eugenio Martin? And then it yes. tells the st- all of the stars. And it even says the plot. Right there at the bottom. So I that I found that fascinating. I've never new, seen that new on TikTok, TikTok feature. before. New TikTok feature unlocked. Before we get into the weed wrecks, I do want to say that uh, Christopher Lee gets to be heroic in this. He's the one mm. duking it out with the Cossack zombies at the end. Usually P- Peter Cushing's getting a little old at this point. But all usually right. he in his Dracula movies when he plays Van Helsing and other Hammer movies, he's doing a lot of swashbuckling stuff, Peter Cushing. He was mm. really into, you know, swinging from the curtains to Dracula him down so the sunlight hits Dracula and horror of Dracula and the mummy he's like taking the fight to the mummy in the 50s hammer mummy uh, but you get to see Christopher Lee you know he rescues the Polish countess he he uh, slugs it out with a crazy Rasputin monster he fights the Cossack zombies so that's really really cool but I also should say part of the reason this is a holiday favorite is this is the movie that made my wife Rosie uh, fall in lust with Telly yeah. Savalas like Me she's too. like I should not should not think he's as hot as he is but he is hot yeah he's very sexy in that's this movie when you're a little about... kid and Telly Savalas is on the TV all the time you just he kind of looks like a bald fat guy but now that i'm older i'm like oh i see what it's all about man you know what i mean telly is uh (laughs) is a fixture in the house but um the train the train is sometimes real the whole reason this movie got made was because the uh same producer who was uh bernard gordon who is a a blacklisted screenwriter he was part of the blacklist and relocated to europe where he continued to write films under different names he wrote earth versus flying saucers when he was still here with a fence or with a front and he wrote zombies of moro tau he wrote some noirs a lot of noirs that eddie moeller's talked about on uh noir alley on tcm him and eugenio martin the director of this movie they had bought this train for production of pancho villa starring telly savalas and i watched that movie and it's completely incoherent but they had this train and they were like we need to do another movie with a train and that like begat horror express which is a far better movie it's like the throwaway movie and it is so much better than poncho villa because i mean they needed to recycle not only the train but also telly savalas yeah you know know, they gave him another day or two of work and got him on board which is you know which is great because it is like you've seen lee and cushing together so much in so many movies yeah that telly savalas really like stirs things up in the right way in this and really changes the changes the vibe of it you know the whole dynamic yeah it would have been a good Lee Cushing movie. It is one of their best movies, you yeah. know, despite all the Hammer films and everything else. It is one of their best pairings. But I really think at that point there were had been like 15 years of these things with them in it that you need Telly to come in and bring new life to it. Uh, the music is by John Kakavas, who is a friend of Telly Savalas's and also uh, composed and arranged the music on those wonderful Telly Savalas albums where talk oh, singing cool. is all jazz. Yeah, I hope that there's like a cool reissue uh-huh. or like a restoration of this soundtrack. I'd love to buy it on vinyl and just like vibe out to it and smoke and 
It's, uh, this this is one of the be- best scores I've heard in a while. So while you're listening to the soundtrack, while you're listening to the score and you're hearing that wah start up with the whistling and the whole kind of spaghetti western vibe to it, uh, Corey, what weed gets you there for the horror uh, This is a great stoner movie uh, for all the reasons we listed before previously. Any type of weed would be good at this with this movie. Um, a sativa uh, would be fine. Uh, a, a hybrid, anything. Um, I did smoke a sativa for this, and I smoked um, rosé sorbet strain from Famous Ski Company. Uh, like a refreshing bowl of its icy namesake, rosé sorbet is a perfect treat to top off an active day out in the sun. Rosé sorbet is a potent sativa, great for those looking for a mood booster or creative jumpstart. Its aroma is fruity and sour. It has 32% THC, 0.9% CBD. Um, this is what I smoked because it was on sale at my local dispensary. Please support your local mom and pop dispensary that's not med men. I think any type of weed would work for horror express uh, it is a stoner's uh, delight yeah i got this from cookies shout out again once more this i got this strain for free uh this is apple tarts hybrid from west coast cure this is uh the mixture of runts and apple fritter it is delicious i loved it mm. i smoked a king size joint and watched this and i will say that <laughs> rocked that was so fun. It's a fun, mm-hmm. fun movie to smoke to. And I uh, I tried, this is a little bit different for me. I tried this thing called Cereal Milk, mm. which is a which is one of the best flavors probably, you know, is like, you know, the, the milk that's left over after you've eaten cereal. Cereal is one of the best stoner foods. You know, there's no thought putting it. You're just literally shoveling it into your mouth so i think that's a great idea it's it's a hybrid and has a thc this is a shatter so it has a thc content of 85 percent, which is uh rocks on your head you know great feeling i uh i think uh, the hybrid is really good for this movie because it calms your body down but it keeps your mind active you know it's kind of perfect for this this is the perfect stoner movie i i feel bob that you have fully redeemed yourself with horror express <laughs> after the total fiasco of carol utter and disaster Christmas. utter disaster uh, a complete complete fiasco but this movie is one of my favorite movies of the year nice uh i'll i'll say it i i I loved this fucking movie. Yeah, this is a movie that that doesn't make you think like, oh man, life is still terrible. You know what I mean? It's just like it's a, you're just. I just want to be on that. No, train. it's very affirming, very affirming movie. Uh, it, it, you know, there's good in the world. Horror Express is available with a subscription to Shutter, Fandor, or AMC Plus, and you can watch it free with ads, although the quality may vary, on Tubi and the Roku channel. Plus, it's quasi-public domain, so there are numerous copies of it on YouTube and archive.org. And if you're still into physical media like the olds on this show, Arrow Video put out a special edition Blu-ray recently that is highly recommended. Happy New Year, everybody! Happy Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, yeah, this has been the first ever Old Movies for Young Stoners holiday special. We hope we've given you some good ideas for weed to smoke, gummies to eat, movies to watch to get you through the holidays, or at least we've given you one movie to watch to get you through the holidays. We will be back in 2023 for our season two premiere. 
with special guest, weed comedian and activist Ngayo Bilam for a pair of heist flicks. Not sure which ones yet because I don't know what the fuck will be available in 2023. Will HBO Max even still be there? We don't know, but we'll be here late January 2023. Happy New Year, everybody, from Old Movies for Young Stoners. Keep listening. Keep getting high. Ha 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 